Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ready and Able, a podcast for the girls, by the girls, where we help you make Tyra and Hasidus practical. This week, we're having Rabbi Mentz join us for a series of rapid fire questions that we got from you. Um, so let's begin. So why does making the world a better place come through abstaining from things instead of just doing good? That's a great question. When, give me an example. So like, let's say you have to hold back. Like, let's say Tanya says, Hiskafia, Hiskafia, Hiskafia. Hold back from pleasures, from even like it says at some point that Torah scholars would eat their food two hours later just to like prove a point, even though they would go back straight learning terror right after eating, they would still hold back from eating two hours. Why well, that is that? Would, how- yes, that's a great question. And the concept of holding back in the olden days when people used to wait two hours, these were already tzaddikim. Uh, you're asking the question, what about us normal people? You know, when I say normal, people that are not to the level of the Rebbe, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's, take the out of the realm of Judaism and let's look at our physical body. Our physical body gets better if we eat clean food. So everybody mm-hmm. will tell you, refrain from certain foods. But it tastes so good. You're right, it does. But it's not going to help your body be the best functioning body possible. So mm-hmm. God put in things in the world because if he didn't give us temptations, then we'd be robots. We'd be boring. Yeah. So God gave us temptations, just like Gumbo's Bakery. Whoa, whoa. everybody loves Gumbo's. Yeah. But if we started eat, going for Gumbo's every single morning, coffee, Danish, every single morning, before you know it, you start recognizing that I'm becoming sluggish. So mm-hmm. if we could refrain from food and it makes sense how it works in my physical body my body is a micro of what a world is Mm -hmm. how much more so for god in the entire world when god goes and says refrain from certain things and that's the way you actually make your body healthy and the world better thank you what is the natural state of a human selfish or selfless Dalton Ebbe goes and tells us there was a guy, a chassid, came to him and said, I'm davening, I'm in the, in the midst of holiness. And then in the middle of my davening, I'm always thinking about business. He said, there must be something wrong with me. So Dalton Ebbe said, there's nothing wrong with you. You're 100% perfect. I'd be worried about you if you didn't have both. So a mm-hmm. human being is partly holy. Selfless, not in Shamelikus, and it's also very conceited, very narcissistic, very egotistic, very selfish, which is the Nefesh of Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And it's that what makes a human being. It's not either or. We are both. Mm-hmm. Abenini, as you remember, tries to keep the narcissistic ways at bay and always to choose what's really best for the world, for me, for Yiddishkeit, versus my narcissistic ways. 
Mm -hmm. Is it selfish for someone to notice someone else being selfish towards them? Is it selfish to notice that someone else is selfish towards me? To me, me? like, yeah. I don't think it's selfish. It's wise. If somebody's being selfish and not treating me properly, I don't think it's selfish. You got to start, you, you know, if a parent doesn't treat you properly, a teacher doesn't treat you, pro teach you, treat you properly, if a friend doesn't treat you properly, you know what's comfortable. You know what's right. I don't think it's selfish. I think it's the human side in you that recognizes, excuse me, I should be treated better than that. I don't mm -hmm. think it's selfish. I think it's... Now, if you want to be a prima donna, oh, mm -hmm. I'm better than everybody else. Now you got issues, but we're talking in a regular situation. I know yeah. when I go into a store, if the person's treating me like a mensch or not. Mm -hmm. I like that. Thank you. Um, are humans, well, this is kind of the same as before, but are go humans inherently good, bad, or neutral? Like when someone is born, are they born evil? bad or neutral? So this is a great question. You are born with all of the above. You're not bad proof. We open up in the Siddur right in the morning, Elikai. My God, Haneshama, that you gave me is 100% pure. In other words, it can never go bad. That's my course. My nephew Bahamas was put into me to drive me crazy. Okay, trust me, it does a great job. My job is, I don't know if you learned in a chassidus or not, but we really have a third neshama. What? 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 Yeah. What is the third neshama? We usually don't talk about it in chassidus because it's self-obvious. Mm -hmm. What is this? What's the third neshama? The neshama of, of your brain, the, the neshama has sickless. What does that mean? If the yetzer, if the nefesh Bahamas is talking to you to choose, and the nefesh kus is talking to you to choose, who's the you? Who's choosing? In other words, it's that. me. I'm the person. Mm -hmm. The nefesh Bahamas is here to drive me crazy. The nefesh kus is here to help me. Oh, wow, it's so cool. Okay, so who are you? Who are you following? Which one of these two are you going to let them govern your city, your mind, your actions? Oh, wow, so cool. So there's a real person inside me or a real mind, a real free choicer. Mm -hmm. And if I attach to the Nefesh course, I have unbelievable energy. Oh, that's so true. Now it all makes sense. I want to go and talk about what a bane in the is for a second. Mm -hmm. If I can go off topic. Sure. You know, you ever notice those that grow up very from, for example, a typical base Rifka girl or any from girl. Yeah. Hey, I got a hundred dollar gift certificate to McDonald's. Let's go out for lunch. Now look at you, you're smiling, almost laughing, like it's so ridiculous. It's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. I sometimes go over to a very secular Jewish person and I say to the person, come, let's put on film. Come to my house, chicken, kugel, you'll have a good time. They don't want to listen to you. So I don't get it. 
the from girl to go to McDonald's, I'm not listening to you. Mm-hmm. The very secular person who's far from Yiddishkeit doesn't want to listen to you. Mm-hmm. So what is a Benini? Somebody who's very neurotic. What does that mean? See, when you're very from, I don't let I don't let my head get me into places like McDonald's. So mm-hmm. there's, there's no battle. But if I decide to go, oh, I like the way that skirt looks, but it's a quarter of an inch off its new level. That's a big deal. Now all of a sudden I went from no way, like McDonald's, to the middle ground. Once you're in the gray area, I got to make a decision. Which way? The fryer person. Yeah. Okay. He asked me to come put on filling on the mitzvah tank. She asked me to light Shabbos candles. Wow, that was cool. Should I do it again? Oh, 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 okay. Now, now I'm in the middle ground. It's so holy to do Shabbos. Why should it? Why should I not do it? Why should? I? So all of a sudden, you become neurotic. Mm-hmm. A bainani is somebody who allows to live in the gray area. When so you're he... totally broke, I got no temptation. When somebody comes over to you and says, come on, a little snow. No. When a person says to you, come on, let's listen to this music. No. Why? I know that's one of your questions, which we'll get to later, more in depth. But the person who says no, He's no in gray area. He doesn't have to think about it. I love what I am. I love who I am. The mm-hmm. fryer person goes and says, I love who I am. Why should I want to become re- religious? If I become religious, I have to start debating. Should I cut the toilet paper because it's with a pattern? Wow, so many decisions I have to make. And Alton mm-hmm. says, yeah, make the right decision. Be a bainity for this moment. Yeah. So when you think about it, about Shuf is somebody who went from, I'm so comfortable that I don't have to think about nothing, Every single second, is my hands clean? Did I wash it properly? Family? To the front person, just wash your hands. You know it's clean. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. The Balchuv is like, wow, you went from there into a neurotic stage, and every single second I have to, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? Just be a bainini. Just be a bainini and make the right decision. It's almost like so, being an adult. Like you have to start making your own choices at all times. Welcome to Barabbasa. Yep. Um, so you mentioned something I didn't really know before that we have three Nishamis as Jews, right? Does a non-Jew have a choice? Like does yeah, they he also have... have they also they also have a nefesh they also have a nefesh hasichlis. Mm-hmm. They also have the freedom to their seven mitzvahs of Noyach. They have the ability to make the right decision if they want to. If not, mm-hmm. They'd be a robot. What makes us human is that we have a brain that is able to think. So the reason why Tanya doesn't speak too much about it, and a lot of people don't talk about it too much, is because that's me. I'm just sitting here. Oh, inside yeah. me have two voices, two nishamas, and that's what we really gotta deal with. Yeah. So what am I gonna just choose? Yeah. So you are saying, do I want to choose Nafshalikus? Or do I want to go and choose? It's only a quarter of an inch. No big deal. That little big deal, all of a sudden, 
The Rebbe once said a fantastic thing, and I think J.J. Hecht repeated it, or it's written in a book somewhere, and that was printed in the 50s, that no girl wakes up one morning and says, I want to wear a miniskirt. Mm-hmm. No, no lady starts off saying, I want to take a shaitel and show four inches of my hair. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Where's the battle? In a quarter of an inch, a little tiny inch. The moment you give in on that, add an X inch is easy. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, you start realizing, wow, I'm dressing different. And it's mm-hmm. so justified. It's so easy in your head because the animal soul says, but don't you like the way people say you're so pretty? And all of a sudden, it's the animal feeling that makes us, uh, which is only temporary. But that's a whole different concept, which is so hard. You see, we're living in a world of visual. We're, yeah. li- we're living in a world of, of, we're always looking at magazines. Even the sheitlach, they look so beautiful, but it's not just the sheitlach. Look at the makeup of the lady wearing the sheitlach. And girls are saying, oh, she looks so pretty. Look how she toned her cheeks. I want to do it that way. And, and it's like, my God. Where's my head supposed to be? Am I supposed to be just a girl without makeup and be blah? I want to be cool. Mm-hmm. You got to be I very think, careful with all of that. I think that um, nowadays the actual attention span of a human being has gone down to like probably, I think it was seven point something seconds. So right. instant gratification is very, very, very much more Needed. of an issue nowadays. Oh, yeah. And it was 100%. in previous years. 100%. So being that everybody felt good for seven and a half seconds, maybe we should end the Zoom right now because it is looking like we're already seven minutes into this. I'm like, whoa, not teasing. Yeah. I mean, like, do you have any suggestions for anyone looking to, like, say, improve their intention? Okay, here, here, like, here's, here's the truth. To... I, I, okay, finish your question. In order to, like, kind of more go to our slower paced life our judaism yeah. is more like a life focused on you're going to get gratification later you're going to work towards a goal it's going to come right right Mashiach or the world to come or Ganeden, right you're going to work towards this goal um in a world with instant gratification how can we work towards slowing ourselves right. down so let's be realistic so if you do this mitzvah you're going to get olam haba wow it does nothing to you but if yeah. you speak Lashon Hara, you're going to burn and get handed. Okay, I'm a young kid. I still go and drive a car without a license anyway, so I'm not scared about dying and burning. So we're living in a time where things of Olam Haba and, and Gehenim is not really catching the girls and saying, like, don't do it before this and don't do it for that. It's not a reality to them. What mm-hmm. I will say is as follows. The world is spinning out of hand so fast. Your teachers have no clue what you girls know, what's going on in the outside world. They're just hearing a little bit, but they really don't know how boys and girls are, what they're doing to themselves, etc. It's like, Everybody is saying, I have an opinion. If this is right for me, it must feel, it must be right. And you can't tell me that, that I'm not right. Mm-hmm. And by you telling me I'm not right, you're taking away my individuality. 
Yeah. So as all things, gratification is only a few seconds. Yeah. As of all things, not being real to who we really are really gets us from, okay, once I started putting on makeup like this and once I started dressing like this, if you ever notice, it never stops. And the reason is, is because you're really not happy. So what is the most beautiful way? What is the most yummy way is, is to look at yourself and say, man, I'm really good. I'm so good. Now, what you girls in Crown Heights may have experienced. Remember when the C teens come to your house or the young professionals from college campuses or the JLI, anytime you host non-observant Jewish people, they just walk away and they marvel. What a beautiful family. My gosh, how do you do it? Their tongues are hanging out and they don't understand how polite Lubavitch girls are. Well, to the guest, at least not to the parents, not to the teachers, but at least to the guest. But by nature, we are. There's a traveling camp that comes. It's the Camp of Moody Camp by Goldie Gonsberg. Yeah. And, and for maybe the last 15, 20 years, they always stop off at Chabad Bel Air as one of the places. And personally, I love it when they come. Why do I love it? First of all, it's beautiful to see how Lubavitches, they're still Lubavitches. You know, I left in the 80s. It's now the 20, 2020s. And you know, we have the same issues, but we're still strong in our own ways. It's beautiful to see the system really can work. Yeah. But what I love more than anything else is, as all these millionaire people and all these Bel Air people, when they see the girls, they go, why can't my teenage daughter be like them? Why are these girls so focused? These girls have so, my kid is 16 years old, doesn't even know what to do in their life. And these girls already are thinking, I do want to go on schlitters. I want to go on business. You know already, you, you got your life figured out. Yeah. So instead of looking like, I want the outside world is, is so green. Just know my daughters grew up in the green pastures. Some of you, you know, I have a daughter, Chayla Markowitz, and my daughter, mm -hmm. Hani Mintz. Some, some of the girls out there may know who they are. They're nice, Hasidic girls, pretty nice, very, very nice. I shouldn't say Hani Mintz, she married a seawall. She's a seawall now. Mm -hmm. And all I can say is, is that they lived through the Hollywood stars. They've all been to my home. You know, there was, one, there was a TV show called American Idol years ago. Yeah. And, one of the judges, and one of the judges would come to our house all, all the time. Her name was mm -hmm. Paula Abdul. She's a Jewish girl. And every single week, she would drop off tickets. And she said, give it to your daughters to bring to the show, which I never did. One year goes by, two years go by. What do I give it to, to, my, to the people of my show? In return, mm -hmm. I get a donation. One day she says to me at the table in front of my daughters, why don't you let your daughters ever come? Do you know every time I walk into the house, they say, don't give my father the tickets, give it to us. We'll, we'll take a taxi. We'll, we'll get to see you behind the stage. Because my daughters wanted to see what's the big talk, American Idol, blah, blah, blah. So what happened was I said to Paul, I said, Paul, I got to tell you something. 
you're going to put them in the front row. There's going to be a boy singer, and she, they're going to all see all the girls going. <laughs> they're going to see girls going crazy. I don't want to expose them to that. I want to keep them innocent. And what happens if a girl gets up there and she's all glittered up and everything, and all the boys? Oh, This is a cross message. Mm -hmm. So she looked at me and she said, Rabbi, I wish there were more parents like you. I wish I had parents like you. You're so right. The mm -hmm. world destroys our teenagers. So what did she do? She walked over to my kids and said the following. All right. Your father doesn't let you go to American Idol, but I want to take you on a day trip. So pick a Sunday. I'll rent a... Um, I'll rent a limousine, and the two of all three of us will go in a limousine. We'll have a bunch of fun. We'll go to different places, and my daughters took them wherever they went. And at the end of the day, they went to a nice, fancy restaurant. And Paula got to know my daughters. It was like she was like with a tongue hanging out. How do you raise children like this in our cosmopolitan area? And the answer yeah. is because everybody thinks it's cool out there. The people out there are dying to have what Lubavitch has to offer. All right, mm -hmm. back. So why do Jews, well, honestly, like, pardon my language, but we're low-key, like, racist towards non-Jews. Like, the way they're described in a lot of places, in Torah and Tanya, they're described as lesser than, or like, but they're still human. So, like, What's what's the deal with that? All right. First and foremost, what I think in my head and my actions are two different things. The proof is in the pudding. We Jewish people, whenever a tragedy happens in the world, Israel, the Jews, we, by, 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 by a nation, we help them. Mm -hmm. I live in Los Angeles and I'm a Yankee fan. I think I'm better than every Dodger fan that lives out here. But I'm not going to go and treat them like, I'm better than you. Nah, 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 nah. But the truth is, in a way, I am better than them as a Jew. What does that mean? God took me. God chose me. That I should be a living example, a dugamachai to the world. That's all being chosen means. If I was chosen by the president of the United States, be an ambassador to Russia. Do you think I would walk around with a red flag ever? Do you think on July 4th, I would say I'm not eating kosher hot dogs and, and having fireworks on my embassy compound? Of course I am. I'm showing Russia the greatness of what it means to be an American, and I walk with pride, and I walk and I dress with red, white, and blue with a little lapel of an American flag. Why? I was chosen to be an ambassador. So in my head, Rashi says it right up front, because of me, yeah, I have a big job in this world. But remember, God goes and says two things about us. I will compare you to the sand, and I'll compare you to the stars. If you're a racist, I consider you the sand. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I don't know how people treat their help in Crown Heights. Many of them could be Haitian, many of them could be African-American. Out here in California, most of them are Mexican. You want them to do good work for you? You treat them like a mensch. Yeah. You treat them like trash? They're out of there. Yeah. So the reality is, if you're living in a world we we go. I know we use the word schwarz. This schwarz, uh, or call them made this shiksa. That's Yiddish a word that that's generational. But if you yeah. say schwarz, or if you say shiksa, derogatory. There's something wrong with you in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I do not le- allow the word shiksa anywhere in my synagogue. Mm-hmm. Even though many of the non-Jewish girls that come they would say i know i'm the shiksa and i yeah. say please do not say that here and say why and i go like this you're one of god's creations and anybody who put a negative term on you is not being godly mm-hmm. the Rebbe wants us to be shining examples and let me tell you something you go out to the world shluchen, do you know how much they are like wow in the world do you know how many secular Jews, when they were in the world, they go, thank God you're here? Do you know how many times when municipalities have a gathering because of something? They used to call the reform rabbis or the conservative rabbis because they looked cool. Now, this is all over the place. Why? Yeah. Because we act and talk the Rebbe's way, which is the godly way. So, if we if we act racist in any which way, there's something wrong with you. And let's yeah. be honest: if you were racist towards them, how are you ever going to teach them the seven laws of Noah? Yeah. From seven seventy, we're marching out. Yeah. Proud to be a shliach. Proud to be a lebavitcher. And the, and the thing is, it's not an egotistical thing. Yeah, makes me feel good because everybody lets me know. Continue the work. We need you. All right, what else? Okay, so can you learn Chassidus without being connected to the Rebbe? The answer is, of course, but there's a small problem. You're going to end up being connected to the Rebbe. Why? You ever notice there's a new girl that comes to school? She's from Denver, whatever. And you become a good friend of hers. The more you communicate, the more you know how she thinks. The more you like the way she thinks, the closer you get to her. And all of a sudden, she becomes your BFF. Communication and sharing ideas is the closest way to make two people come together as one. The more you learn the Rebbe's chassidus, the Rebbe's teachings, you go like, wow, what a brilliant, are you kidding me? Who yeah. comes up with this stuff? It's brilliant. I love the way this person thinks. So all of a mm-hmm. sudden you start wanting to be closer, just like in friendships. And you yeah. establish a relationship with the Rebbe that way too. Is We talk about always like having this connection with the Rebbe, right? We go to the Eichel, we daven, like, but we're also told that we're not allowed to say, like, daven to a person. 
So like, what's the difference? Like, what's the difference between Avedizara Zara and the relationship with Rebbe? Fantastic. First and foremost, watch every video. Whenever a person came up to the Rebbe by dollars, said, Rebbe, this is your bracha, this child. What does the Rebbe always say? 99% of the time? Don't thank me, thank the Rabbi Shalom. So who is then the Rebbe? The Rebbe is your lawyer. The Rebbe is your prosecution lawyer. Your defender, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So when Kolev saw there was trouble going into the Israel from the desert to spy out the land, he immediately ran to Avram Yitzchak and Yankiv, Sarerifk and Leah, and begged by them, please, I beg you, get me koiches. Get me koiches so I can do my job. Mm -hmm. So we say to him and by the Rebbe's place, because the Rebbe takes the, the prayers and brings it up to the Almighty. We go and we say, now if anybody says, I'm praying to the Rebbe, mm -hmm. hey, we got, that, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. Every single time I write a letter, many of us write, you know, Pan, many of us write, Kedushas Admar. Mm -hmm. I always, no matter what, no matter what, yeah. I always write Dear Reb also. I speak in English. I also write Dear Reb. I make it very personal. And I always write, yeah. could you please go to the Rabbeinu Shalalim for me, for my shul. Mm -hmm. I don't go and say, could you give me a bracha for this? I personally, it's the way I write. Mm -hmm. Now, do I thank the Reb for the brachas? Yes. Why? Because Chaim is on his own, God goes and says, eh, ain't happening. Mm -hmm. By the way, there's a new video that just came out called Rebbe Stories. Mm -hmm. It just came out, part one. And it's all about um, me writing a letter in the Igris. And it's really a cute story, but a part two is coming out, I think, next week. And it's all about me going to the Oyo. And you'll, you'll see from my words... I never go and yeah. say to the Rebbe, you're giving it to me. Yeah. You have to be, not only... He's a messenger. The Rebbe is our Raya, he's our shepherd. Mm -hmm. He's our Moshe. And if Moshe goes and says, Hashem will give you man, I take it to the bank. For the, if Moshe Rabbeinu says, go into the ocean, I don't ask questions. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu is connected to the Rabbeinu Shleil. Hmm. That's his kashos. By Aminu Bahashem. Ooh, for Moshe Avdai. The Vav is a Vav HaMoshef. It's a Vav that adds to the previous subject. We believed in Hashem and even more so Moshe. Because mm -hmm. through Moshe we got to Hashem. Thank you. I really like that answer. How do we know Hashem exists? So the only way we can do this is scientifically. Mm -hmm. And it has to be an answer to my mind. It can't be like, let me tell you, what's the difference between I believe? I believe means, okay, the tooth came out of my mouth. And my mother and father said, put it under your pillow. Because uh, in the middle of the night, the tooth fairy will come and give you a couple of dollars. 
Mm-hmm. We look at them at two years old. Ah, okay. So you believe them. It doesn't make sense, but you accept it. Mm-hmm. Hashem says, Viyadata, you have to know. Viyadata Hashem, Keshem Hualekim, you have to know. Knowing is not a belief system. Yeah. So how do I know there's a God? So I need to be able to find an answer. Now, unfortunately, the easiest way to talk to people today is scientifically. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use science. Evolution is a theory. Why is evolution yeah. a theory? Because we're not sure. Then there are principles in science that are facts. Like the sun goes up in the east and settles in the west. Why? And then you can go and say, there are third, whatever it is. But that's the, the reason. Mm-hmm. Those are your facts. When a low pressure and a high pressure come together, there'll be wind, and we have windy days, can even have rain. Okay. These are scientific facts. Yeah. There's a scientific fact that says the following. I need stuff. I need material to make material. In other words, I need an atom. I need protons, neutrons, molecules in order to make a brick. But where did the neutrons, protons, and molecules come from? They couldn't have come out of zero. You see, if there's zero, you won't even have algae growing because there's nothing there. So for the original rocks, for the original whatever they want to say, there had to be somewhere a creator. Yeah. To create something. The moment you come with a creator concept, oh, now we're talking Braces Boiling Kim, because the whole concept of Braces Boiling Kim is Yesh Ma'ayin. Mm-hmm. Something came out of sheer nothing. So the question is why can't science figure that out? And the answer is because science is a study of nature. In other words, the same thing happens over and over and over, and we can figure it out. Something that is supernatural, like the splitting of the sea, they'll come up with ideas. Well, maybe, you know, there was a big wind, there was a low tide, a big wind. Mm-hmm. A big wind to keep water to look like a wall. Yeah. If I was standing there, it would shoot me from Cairo to Brooklyn. Such a wind. Yeah. But they can't come up, but they can't understand the supernatural. So they come up with theories. But from their own facts, it's impossible to make something out of sheer nothing. So there had to be a creator to start because I'm physically here. How do I know I'm physically here? If I bang my head, ouch, I'm here. It's not a figment of an imagination. Yeah. So we're physically here. So it had to come from somewhere. Once we know that God exists, how do we know that he didn't just like, A, leave the world and just like, let it do check its out. own thing. Why do you check out? And B, how do we know that he's acting alone? That he is? Acting alone. Okay, very good. So my first answer to you is as follows. There are three ways how this world got here. The evolutionary way, the Christian Muslim way, and Lahavdul, the Jewish way. Mm-hmm. So... The evolutionary way, how the world got here, I just destroyed. Because I said openly, yeah. I need I need a creator to start something. It didn't come out of nowhere. 
How do the Christians and Muslims look at it? They look in the Bible and says, God created the world in six days and the seventh day he rested. And now he stands and watches everything that goes on. And every once in a while he swoops in, he splits the sea, he does a miracle. He, he destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. But the world just goes on autopilot. Judaism says, no, the world can't sustain itself on nothing. Every single second, Hashem has to keep on recreating the world. So when you ask me, how do we know that Hashem is actively involved in every aspect of every blade of grass, of every heartbeat of an ant in South Africa, and the cancer cells growing in a patient in Ohio? Because every single second, God creates the world the way he wants it to be. Why does he create cancer? When I'm God, I'll give you an answer. We um, have to live the scenario he creates. Mm -hmm. We are not here. Well, Avram never went and questioned God and said, what are you turning over Sodom and Gomorrah for? Somebody says business to know the why. His job was, yeah. can, I, can, I, can I at least talk to you, God, and try to save some righteous people? Yeah. It was what about he could do, not about right. the reason behind it. Right. So to answer your first question, every single second. So every single second, that means every person is in control. So why do bad things happen? We see them as bad. So am I saying the Holocaust got allowed? Yeah. Boy, what a what a what a God we have. Mm. But God had a reason for it. Why? I yeah. don't know. But if, but if God gave you a reason, you'd go, oh, that makes so much sense. Okay, now I'm happy all the Jews suffered. Do you really yeah. want to know the answer? No. We just must move on the way the world, God creates the world every moment. Why people died of COVID, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Why did it happen? I don't know. I'm not God's why answer. Like every single second God recreates the world because scientifically something can't sustain itself by itself. Now you ask the question, can God, maybe God's taking care of this world, but not by himself. Maybe there's like two, three. The answer to that question is if God is infinite, there's no room for a second. Mm -hmm. so intellectually, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And if God is not infinite, then the world can't be here. Because mm -hmm. only an infinite God, because a God that is not infinite needs to be in a place. Because you're only this big. Yeah. And place has to be a creation already. Yeah. So God is infinite, which is beyond the concept of time, place. Mm -hmm. And from within that, he can go and create what he wishes. So that you said that... Yeah, you said that we don't know the reason why bad things, but are there any times in Torah that Taurus were actually good and we were explaining the reason behind them? If a Navi comes and says, they're very good. But if not, I can't, for example, there was during the Gulf War when missiles were being threatened to be thrown into onto the Holy Land, there were certain rabbis from B'nai Brak that said, you sinners you jews you're the cause for the missiles that will come upon us and there'll be a holocaust and millions and thousands will die and at evan 770 i remember standing there he said how could you talk this way you know 
what's going on in Hashem's mind? He came to you and spoke to you? And then the Rebbe even added, it says, Vuhu yifteh es Yisrael mikol Dovra Melech writes at the end of Tachnon, Vuhu yifteh so Hashem will be poda. He will redeem, Vuhu yifteh so the Jews, mikol even in the midst of their sins. So even mm -hmm. if they're sinners, Hashem can make a miracle. Why are you destining with your negative talk? Mm -hmm. We're not to speak other things on that subject, but the point is, it's very easy for people to say, I know the reason. Really? Yeah. The moment you say that, you know how many times people, I hear them, they say, oh, you know why that person's sick? Remember they did this and this and this, Hashem got back. I feel like but I'm not allowed to. I feel like I'm a smack in the face. He says, who made you a Navi? Who yeah. made you a prophet? We, how dare you talk these words? Mm -hmm. The priests, they always go and say, oh, there's a big earthquake. Hashem is punishing them. Yeah. I know a lot of people that houses burnt down. They cried. But the houses that they built up were a lot better than the houses they had before. And they're also living in a lot better luxury than they had before. So yeah. are you going to say the fire was a punishment? How many people lost a job? And then all of a sudden, they got a better paying job. How many people got sick and they had to move to another state? And they mm -hmm. had to uproot. And all of a sudden, they found over there a better cheder for their child who needed more attention. Yeah. You don't know nothing. I hope nothing yeah. happens to me that I have to start figuring out, okay, Hashem, why is this happening to me? Show me the good. It's very hard, but mm -hmm. you have to you have to remain happy. You have to remain that there's a reason for everything. And eventually, I hope I will see it. And even if I don't, I know Hashem loves me. He's mm -hmm. taking care of me. Mm -hmm. How do we know we're not in a cult? Like, what's the difference between our religion that's telling us to do all these things and a cult where they're also kind of told to do all these things and for their uh, master, for their whoever's in charge. Who said you're not in a cult? But I'm bum. No. You know what a cult is? You can never leave. Each and every one of us can pick ourselves up and walk out of Judaism. At any given time. Not really. We have an Ephesheli kiss. We're told that we're we would die so look for how, God. Look how many Jews walked away from Crown Heights. Look how many Jewish people walked away from Borough Park. Look how many yes, Jews walked away. They didn't away walk from away from being Jews. If you're no, a no, Jewish no, no, person, no, 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 no. nobody walks away from being a Jew, but they walk away from the cult that tells them what they have to do. See, a cult brainwashes you that you can never survive outside us. The beauty of Yiddishkeit is, is that we explain what the Welt is. We allow you to know that there are a lot of pitfalls out there. And a lot of people say, what do I want to find out for myself? I... And unfortunately, they get gobbled up by but they thought they could dance at both weddings. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, 
You know, I have out here in California a bonfire every Thursday night. It's not tonight because I invited all the 20-year-old kids, 20 to 30-year-old kids. We have a big bonfire every Thursday night, and I talk to all these fire people. And, I, you know, it's a beautiful night. I mean, it's boys meeting girls. It's for the non-religious people. And, you know, after I finish everything, they have games. It, it's grown into a beautiful thing. Do you know how many kids from Crown Heights, you know, how many kids from L.A. that went off the derrick, they find themselves there? I become their best friend. Why? Mm -hmm. I'm not here to go and call up your parents and tell you where they are and say, okay, come back home. And then the parents go and say, okay. I don't need the parents going and calling me up. Save my child, save my child. I don't need the child not trusting me. But you know how many of those boys stop putting on film today? You know how many of those girls are lighting Shabbos candles today? Mm -hmm. You know how many of those people have more contact with their families today? Why? Because when they ran, they went so far, like I said before, they don't want to have that struggle. Should I do it? Should I not do it? They're happy with nothing. So in a yeah. way, they're in their own cult because they don't know how to get out of that mess. Mm. They don't know the how to survive. The Nefesh Bahamas, once it catches you, can make you totally forget that you're Jewish. Mm -hmm. You're still Jewish. But so many people act in ways that you would never think this is the way a Jew would behave. Mm -hmm. The answer is... Is that is a cult too? Because I can't get out. Mm -hmm. Hence, one little bit of light, a little bit of love, a hug, a good word mm -hmm. does wonders. One of the things that I've taught and I've heard from, you know, we're on the front lines of this. So there are children that go off the derech and all of a sudden the kid goes and says, He's driving on Shabbos. I don't want to see him coming into the house because he's going to go and tell everybody else that driving is okay and I don't want to open it. But what about your coworker who drove up and parked in front of your house and you had a beautiful Shabbos meal with them? That was okay? Yeah, it's different. No. You know what you taught your son? That your business partner is more important than family. So what if the kid comes driving into your house? I know a father who told his son, bring the non-Jewish girl to the house. Let her come on shop. No, you're going to bother. Swear we're not going to say a word. We'll welcome her. No. The kid finally showed up with the girl. The girl went and said, this is your family? You told me so many lies. There's such loving people. Says maybe mm -hmm. you had an issue with them. Yeah. She broke up. She broke up with him. Why? Because through love you conquer a lot more than than like alienation. Yeah. Um. Why the segregation between men and women in the show? They, they have wandering eyes. They'll lose the concentration. Mm -hmm. Now that would be. Outside 770, you know, we're, we're such holy people. 
the truth of the matter is, it's the man that has to come to the base, that has to come to Davin three times a day. We did the Chet Ego. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing that women want to pray three times a day. And we, and us guys go, oh, I gotta go down. Women are so much better than us. But we we create a place that they shouldn't be a distraction for us. Mm-hmm. So that they too can go and be close to Hashem. Along this line, why do men say the bracha in the morning, thank you Hashem for making me a man? Women don't have like that. Oh, trust me, I never said thank you God, make, thank you for making me a man. You mean, thank you, God, that you didn't make me a woman. Yeah. You think we want to go through what you guys go through? You so, no, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. The real answer is as follows. Each, each one of us, I have to daven. I, the guy, have to daven. I have to say my brachas. And I'm thanking God I'm better than a, a slave that only does X amount of mitzvah or a guy who only has to do X amount of mitzvah. And I'm so happy I can serve you, Hashem, in many more ways, even more than a woman. Mm-hmm. A woman wants to daven. She said, I'm so happy you made me perfect the way you want. Mm-hmm. So it's not a racist, sexist thing. It's, it's a reality. Because first goes... A non-Jew who does seven, a servant who does more, and a Jewish woman who does much more. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be able to serve you, Hashem. That's the way I was taught that that's what it means. And I was very happy that's the way I was taught because basically it's teaching me to respect each creation, the way God mm-hmm. made them, but to take in pride in who I am and what I am. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the impact that music has on the neshama? Why is not Jewish music so bad? And why does Chabad specifically focus so much on its impact? 100%. Um, it's very funny. <laughs> From all the shulchan out there, some of my, I have a lot of contacts with some of the biggest record label people. And like they are the biggest names in the in the music industry. Of course, they're Jewish. Duh. And they they tell you now. Chassidus tells us, and Judaism teaches us that music is very close to the gate of prayer. It's a very emotional thing. It's a very spiritual thing. The whole concept of music was made to move you. Many times you hear a song and you go like this. Oh, I remember that song. It brings me back when I was in Camp Amuna. Oh my God, I was nine years old when I first heard that. Music has an amazing impact. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. A very spiritual impact that comes close to your neshama. And the more that you allow it close to your neshama, it affects it. You can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So, as it says, whoever heard the music of the Beis Hamikdash in the morning, Shachris, when the Levim played, it brought you to Tshuva. If anybody ever stood by a Fabrengen, maybe when you watch the videos, 
and you came to the Alter Rebbe's Nigin. By the way, have you ever noticed whenever the Alter Rebbe's Nigin happens, you ever notice what happens? Everybody's their back straightens up, the eyebrows go down, and all of a sudden you come real serious. Yeah. Why? Because music affects you. Can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. So the more your Nefesh Bahamas is fed music, the stronger you're allowing it. Mm-hmm. The more your Nefesh Kos, the more you're allowing it. Pure music keeps you in a good place. Mm-hmm. Animalistic music, look at the way they dance. Sometimes you look at the way some of these, even Jewish boys and girls today, when you watch them on, you know, on sometimes on the social media and you're looking at them, they dance in very prussed ways, just as the Goyim would. Why? Because some of the, what we call Jewish music is just uh, with the same beat and the same unkosher vibe. Mm-hmm. This has Jewish words connected to it. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you talk about a Lubavitcher, Lubavitchers are very much into Avoida, working on ourselves. Lubavitchers mm-hmm. are very much into Chol Yisrael, Pas Yisrael, keeping the Shom as pure as possible. And if you know what's going on in the outside world, you need every ounce of spiritual strength to keep mm-hmm. us strong. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to music, um, the best thing I can say is buyer beware, because when yeah. you get too much into it, and if you, and and if you ever notice, people will go and say, "But I listen to it all the time. I have my Apple iPods on. I listen all the time. I'm still the same girl that I was yesterday." Oh, I agree. You are. Could have been a lot better. You're stagnant. You mm. didn't grow further. But I'm happy the way I am. Nobody's happy when they're stagnant. Mm-hmm. A human being has to grow. Or else they fall. There's no in-between. So Rabbi Benz, should I just listen to Nechayach records? Is that all I'm supposed to listen to? Am I only supposed to listen to 770 singing? No. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of beautiful women that have beautiful songs out there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful music from Avram Fried and Eighth Day. And there's, there's a lot more. And yes, some of their music is more modern but their modern music is still in the same realm of the Hasidish kite. Mordechai and David, Avram Fried, they attract thousands in Israel who are secular because people love the purity of that sound. It's mm-hmm. not what they're used to. They like coming and hearing something a little bit more spiritual to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. You were chosen to be different. Mm-hmm. An ambassador cannot do whatever they want, even in their private home. An ambassador has to live like an American. Yeah. How can there be free choice and divine providence coexisting? Well, if everything looks like God's recreating the world, mm-hmm. 
So the answer is divine providence means that God created the world and brought you to a certain situation. Mm -hmm. Should I steal the nickel? I, I, I found the nickel. On, should I take it from the guy? Should I not? Should I speak to mm -hmm. Lush and Hara? Should I not? But I have such a good opportunity. Why not? <laughs> so God recreates the world, and that's called divine providence. Mm -hmm. You're now living that moment. How are you going to choose to make the next moment of the world? Mm -hmm. That's your power. Mm -hmm. So we Jews, in a way, have a power to manipulate how Hashem will do things. Mm -hmm. Give you an example. In the good old days, if we didn't see the new moon, the month was pushed off an extra day. Yeah. Hashem could say, today's Rosh Hashanah, I'm sitting on my throne, and we're in Yerushalayim. No, 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 Shafer. Sorry, God. Come back tomorrow and sit on your throne tomorrow. But I'm Hashem. I know. That's the power you gave us. We make your world through our free choice. That is a very good ending note. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, really... my pleasure, my pleasure. And to everybody out there, seriously, mm -hmm. do not ever think that the world is difficult. It's not. The world is confusing. We make it difficult when we start trying to be and accommodate or justifying that I can be part of the world in many good ways, in many different ways. Some of the most successful and loved shluchim by the most secular people in the world are those that always made the right choices and were living examples of what Hashem wants us to be through the teachings of the Rebbe. Mm -hmm. You're 16 today. Keep on being strong, because when you're 32, you're going to be in a community where everybody says, OMG, why can't I be like her? Mm -hmm. The system works. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, My pleasure. Have a good night. Have a great night.